Hello, everyone. Welcome to Popcast on the Rocks, episode 86. We're here for another wonderful episode. We're going to be getting into Wheel of Time from Amazon later in the show, so I hope you stay tuned for that. And it's been a little while, so we're going to catch up. Um, we're going to talk about all kinds of pop culture things. But before we get there, Andrea, my ever-faithful co-host, what are the <laughs> drink holidays this week? Oh, man. Thanks for calling me a faithful co-host. I don't know. I was, I was like... <laughs> Faithful, that's a very dog-like adjective for me, so. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that, well, that's, that's, yeah, that's good. I am what I am, and faithful mm -hmm. apparently is it. Um, so yeah, so this week, drink celebrations. Um, if you noticed on December 10th, perhaps there were ads around. It was National Lager Day. I know a lot of restaurants, breweries, and kind of sports bars were, were jumping on the bandwagon to to say, come out and have a beer with us. So if you cared to celebrate on the 10th, it was National Lager Day. And then just a couple of days ago on December 14th, it was National Screwdriver Day, um, which is a drink I haven't really thought about in a very, very, very long time. Um, you know, I mean, it's one of the the breakfast kind of, yep. you know, possibilities. Um, so brunch yeah, so special. I'm actually, sorry, what? Brunch special. Brunch special. So yeah, yeah, so I decided to celebrate a variation on the screwdriver. Um, okay. It is called the Insane Bloody Screw. Oh, man. And I liked it. I liked the sound of it. So I made it. Um, and I also, if we're, so we've been kind of like back and forthing, like, you know, if we're naming drinks around and mm -hmm. creating drinks around the shows that we're watching. So I was thinking Insane Bloody Screw. Like, how can I tie this to Wheel of Time? And you know who I right. thought of, who's kind of insane, who's kind of got a screw loose and likes to get bloody? White Cloaks. Mm. Child, Iamon Valda. So yeah. in honor of the episodes that we're going to be talking about tonight, which include this insane man, I'm calling this drink the Stuck Pig. Uh, okay. Because he gets promised to be bled like a stuck pig by another character, and I loved that moment. So cheers. Cool. All right. Nice. Good work. Mm-hmm. How about um, yourself? Yeah, I'm not. What have, you, what have you got going on besides your honey and lemon? Ricola. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it probably won't pair super well with uh, my honey and lemon Ricola. <laughs> um, I'm not celebrating either of the days. <gasps> I thought, I know, <clears throat> I thought that something warm sounded good. So I'm having sure. more of an Irish coffee. So okay. decaf though, because I don't need to stay up all night. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, you just needed like a dang kids added after that. I don't need to stay up all night. <laughs> you dang kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, don't, I don't know what to call it. I, I did think of that as well. I was like, man, I, we've mm -hmm. been doing the, the drink things um you know maybe um what's the it's a name matt matt okay so he's mm -hmm. kind of really feeling it it's kind of a dirty drink mm -hmm. i don't know i'll, I'll maybe I have to think on it more if maybe right. by the end of the episode if you come up with something all right i'll put so, my thinking cap on as well yeah i i kind of can tie this into something else uh, i did this week but not wheel of time at the moment. So, <laughs> well, tell us speaking... about this mysterious thing. Okay. Well, 
Well, then I can't transition into anything else. <laughs> I need to talk about that later. I need to talk about that later. Like Andrea, so. Andrea, stop. I, I have my whole plan. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I, Alan would get thrown for a loop too if I brought that up now. So, <laughs> but we should talk about our weeks a little bit. It's been a little longer than, than normal. Mm-hmm. Have you got some fun shows under your belt over this, uh, past week yeah yeah so i have been watching more arcane i'm almost finished with the series um and i i am definitely among the legions of fans um it's an excellent series if anybody hasn't watched it yet um yeah very very fantastic and um like we talked about earlier i'm not somebody who knows anything about league of legends and i'm finding everything very easy to follow so yeah highly recommend uh, looking forward to the final episode in that series. And I know it's already been renewed for season two. So we'll definitely have more of that to come. Um, I, of course, watched Wheel of Time since we're going to be talking about it later. Um, I did. Oh, my gosh. So we talked about this last time because um, season two. I'm sorry. I'm going to jump the gun a teeny tiny bit. Um, season two of The Witcher did come out today. So I started that. And I thought, like, the last time I started this, you know, I'd started it and Chris got really upset because he had wanted to watch it with me, but I felt like there was so such a long time and he hadn't brought it up, so I'm going to start it now and I'm pretty sure he's like, fine, if I just watch it. He caught me again and he was like, oh, how far are you? Like, I was going to watch that with you and I was like, no, <laughs> damn it. So I'm still stuck. I mean, I did watch more of it this time, but I'm still stuck on episode one. Oh my gosh. I'm not watching more of it. I got further into episode one. Never going to finish this series, you guys. I might as well give up. But yeah, I thought it was so funny. Like, I I just started watching it because I was like, there's no way. There's no way. He doesn't care at this point. I was so curious when you had this in there. It had been in there like all week or something. It was like the first thing you put in the notes. Witcher. I know. I know. How far has Andrew gotten in Witcher? I know I had such high hopes and such grand plans. And then Chris like slid in there was like, me too. We do like, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> no, we didn't watch it. Oh, um, my goodness. So yeah, one thing, one thing we did watch before I knew that he did still want to watch uh, Witcher with me um, is great British baking show holiday episodes, which See? I also highly recommend everybody watch because they're, they're just like light, fluffy, you know, happy goodness around the holidays. Like everybody's, it's like much shorter self-contained episodes and everybody's still like the nicest people just, you know, wanting to bake cookies and, you know, add like six pounds of rum and, and other liqueurs to their cakes so they can yeah. get everybody drunk. Like, ah, it's yeah. such a good time. I love it. You know, it's that kind of television that ends up being the... Stealing your Witcher time? <laughs> I mean, yeah, if we want to call it that, Witcher time. Um, Witcher time, yeah. I feel like Witcher time is just sexy time because Geralt's getting it all the time, yeah. whatever he wants, so... Um, well, he's yeah. Henry Cavill, so yeah, he is. Well, in the game, he's not Henry Cavill. <laughs> <laughs> I rem and yeah, I remember you and Ellen... Um, talking to me about Witcher the first time I had really heard about it. And you were like telling me all these like variations of love scenes that you could do. And I was just yeah. like boggled. I was just like, what is happening with this game? Like, mm -hmm. why is this a thing? 
So yep. yeah, that was the very first thing that like intrigued me about Witcher was like this whole thing. You, like, I, I can't remember which one of you was talking about like a unicorn in there too. And I, it just like stuck with me for a very long time. There was a, there was a debate whether it was a horse and a unicorn. And yes. Like, yes. You know, yes. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm like a side note to that. Um, completely random when it was, the weather was getting bad the other day. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, we were like, okay, we're going to turn on a local station just in case there's like, see what they're reporting on it or if they're interjecting yeah. to say this or that. And what was on television on the local channel was Dish Nation. Okay. Have you watched that before? Yeah. <laughs> okay. And uh, I hadn't I hadn't turned that on in years. Um, oh sure. And put uh, it on, and they of course bring up at some point like sex and video games. And I'm just it's interesting watching people that clearly have no idea like what a video game is basically discuss it because they're just like have you played the game where there's a, a sex game in it or a, like a they just you know like a they think it's some sort of extra mechanic and then of course someone brings up well can't you in grand theft auto it's like that's the limit of the knowledge uh yep. right there you know grand theft auto kill hookers like call of duty I was gonna say, people i was know? gonna say it's, grand theft auto is not a good example for anything because like that's just like shock value to the max do you know what i well, mean like you know you know what i mean like there's there's no like i don't know like it was like what you say like you just kill people and like kill hookers and whatnot See, you're just like it, the, people freaked out because they thought well that's therefore then the point of the game and it's not right. the point of the game these games have their stories and all this stuff it's just mm -hmm. the point is it is an, a sandbox so you can do a lot of things Right. But it's not the only game that that's the case or whatever. And um, I don't know, but it's just sort of the only game where yeah. like, I don't know. I feel like I feel like it's the element of like hookers. Do you know what I mean? Like you can kill anybody you want to in a bunch of other games and nobody like mm -hmm. freaks out about it. It's just like, I don't know, the, the combination of like, oh, my God, you can, you know, drive around and kill people and then you can kill a hooker. It's like, my mm -hmm. God, OK the the most hookers are people too the, yeah i was gonna say well clearly the most <laughs> like lauded amongst society hookers that we're so right? offended that they're the ones being right? killed in this circumstance <laughs> it just was a bunch of parents and politicians that have never played yeah. a game that clutching their pearls being like oh my god you're creating this thing to be mm -hmm. terrible and it's just it's like any other art format you're going to have, it's going to run the gamut of things in it. So you shouldn't right. be surprised when there's a video game with sex stuff in it, sex scenes, because it's in everything else. So, right, right, exactly. Yeah. Anyways, hey, other than that, Dish Nation was kind of entertaining, actually. So, <laughs> uh, for a moment, but, uh, that's derailment. Anything else? Yes. Anything else crazy this week? I, I mean, the five minutes of Witcher you enjoyed? or uh, I did. I did. Okay. The extra five minutes that I got to watch with Chris, I did enjoy. So, okay. yeah, I mean, I'm definitely going to make a push um, to actually, like, sit down and watch it. Because um, we kind of, we wrapped up a, a few other shows, and he definitely, like, missed the boat for watching arcane with me. So he's just going to have to let that one go, but yeah. Yep. 
which are which are will be our priority. Cool. Um. Well, Ashley and I meant to rewatch Witcher season one and didn't. Mm. Um. So I don't know if we'll try to rush through that or watch a recap or or whatever. But sure. um. Yeah. Um. I uh. Wheel of Time. We're gonna talk about that later. Mm-hmm. So I I did manage to get quite a bit of that in this week, and then. As I had mentioned previously, uh, Ashley and I are in a competition for mm-hmm. December and January yes. for the highest gamer score. Not again, I don't know which way best to phrase it. <laughs> if you're familiar playing on Xbox, it gives you a, a leaderboard each month. Mm-hmm. It resets every month and tells you how many points you're up, how many you've earned for the month. And so yeah. that's where we're competing over the course of two months. Well, um, I started off the month. I thought, okay, I can squeeze in Resident Evil 3. I did. Resident Evil 3 remake. So I got that finished, wrapped up. Good, good times. And then Halo Infinite came out. Mm-hmm. And I pushed through and got through that campaign. Oh, wow. Um, I definitely fast-tracked it. Like some people okay. have talked about the time that they spent or whatever extra things. I was kind of lingering for a while. And then... When I got to this point, it's like, no, I want to see where this, like, where this goes. I want to move forward. And so I beelined it through that campaign after a while. Okay. So, um, definitely should be played in co-op. I think it would be okay. better in co-op. It's just not available in co-op yet. There are some big open, like, um, areas you need to take down that would really be more enjoyable with with uh, mm. a couple friends or something like that sure so, hoping they add that story wise um i have a lot of mixed feelings on the story uh someone else had talked about how halo 5 was sort of the last jedi and this is the what what's the what's the last one called rise of skywalker rise of skywalker yeah yeah Yeah. um that this is kind of that version where it's trying to like take back a lot of what happened in the last one and redo things i so i definitely see that um okay ultimately i never care very much about halo stories because i don't think they're particularly well i just don't get invested in them you know, mm-hmm. Master Chief, uh, the, the only thing that was worth investing in those was Master Chief and Cortana's relationship. And they really made a thing of that. So mm-hmm. um, I don't want to go into spoilers. Otherwise, other than to say, I think if you're a Halo fan, you're going to enjoy the game. You're going to have a good time. If you don't, if you're not a Halo fan, you probably couldn't care. Uh, you should try the multiplayer that's free first. And if you love that, those mechanics and that gunplay, and you want to play in kind of a sandbox with that, then then go ahead and, and give it a shot. So that would be my suggestion. So we're, we're going to have to come back to Halo Infinite in just a little bit when we talk about the Game Awards, because it did win something. And I, oh. I want to know how you feel about it, because it shocked the heck out of me. Okay. Okay. I didn't realize it won anything, so. It did. It did. All right. Um... The last game I just finished tonight, so um, is uh, is Hellblade. So I had started this game a couple years ago, I think, and um, I know another game 
came up, whatever. And okay. um, but it was a very beautiful game. And I thought, well, we're going to talk about the Game Awards in a, in a minute. Uh, mm-hmm. It reminded me that Hellblade 2 is coming. So I thought, well, this would be a great game to go and finish. Mm-hmm. So um, it's now been enhanced on the Xbox. So it plays and you can choose your mode, but you can play in like 4K with ray sure. tracing and stuff. So it's extra pretty. And um, it's a really good game. Do you know anything about Hellblade at all? I don't. Mm-mm. Okay, so basically, to my understanding, the we're playing Senua, who is a Celtic woman that mm-hmm. has suffered a lot of loss or whatever, but she has um, psychosis. So she's got a real, like, um, they, they tried to tackle this game with a very realistic depiction of possible uh, symptoms of psychosis. And okay. um, so they consulted experts and whatever. And um, so it's a good game to play with headphones on because she hears lots of voices, people talking yeah. to her. Um, and I'm noticing she's, that in the trailer for two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dealing with grief and different kinds of things. They call it the sight that she has the sight, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And um, it's a pretty it's a pretty linear game. It's not a very long game. But it is, it's gorgeous. The combat, yeah, I think is pretty satisfying. Um, they uh, Ooh, pioneered some new technology with this uh, game to get like, like Gollum, like the motion capture of the face. So they oh, really sure. wanted to get like all of her expressions. So the camera often goes outside of her self and you're, she's looking at the camera as she's speaking, uh-huh. kind of like, again, like an inner monologue. Sure. And she's been, her family and stuff has been hurt by the Northmen or the Norsemen. So Mm -hmm. she's like Celtic, but we're dealing with um, Norse mythology and uh, gods and stuff. And so um, it's, it's really cool. You hear different stories about um, Loki and uh, Fenrir and different people. Um, So that's a lot of fun as well. You discover yeah. lore throughout the game. Um, so, yeah, it's, I don't understand the ending. <laughs> I'm going to have to look up some about it. It's a little confusing how it, how it wrapped up. Okay. But it's a, uh, it's in an terms intense of game. you mean? Or like, no, is, in is terms it, of the story, literally not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, okay. Because so much of the game is at times confusing. Who's speaking to you? Is it you? Sure. Is it, you know, it's, um, is it something that's, it's supposed to make you question if you're seeing what you're seeing and okay. often you're not seeing what you're seeing. Your, your mind is playing tricks on you. So it's, uh, yeah. Interesting. But it's a trip. There's some boss fights in there that are, are insane, really intense. Sure. There's some sneaking moments where you got to like kind of get, they, they try to uh, remove all your senses. So they work, you go through this dungeon to um, tackle different, different pieces of it. And so one, it wants you to rely on your hearing. So it's like follow mm. the sound of water. Another one is trying to use different uh, sight and another does rumble. So like if you're facing a certain direction, your controller will rumble um, versus mm. another, you know? Sure, sure. Because yeah. you're in total blackness. So it's like depriving you of different senses and then you'll have voices whisper to you to do one thing or another. And Interesting. Very, I feel like I would love that. Like one of my uh, my favorite parts of Resident Evil Eight was like the creepy house where you're in pitch black. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, you got to like find your way out of there basically without sight. So yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like this would be really cool. Yeah. I it, If you don't play it, like if you don't like the mechanics of it or something, it would be a good game to watch someone play mm, if sure. they didn't like talk through it. You know, if you could just watch it go through mm-hmm. cinematically and yeah. um, and they knew what they were doing, that would be a, a good way to absorb this as well. So, okay. So, yeah. Highly recommended. Uh, at the end, they give a, a screen, like website. You know, if you're dealing with mental disorders, you can go there and uh, give some like helplines and stuff like that. Gotcha. Um, it's definitely a, a game company that is uh, trying mm-hmm. trying new things and mm-hmm. um, pretty thoughtful about what they do. So um, it was one of the anticipated things. The sequel now uh, mm-hmm. revealed a couple years ago at uh, the Game Awards, was, along with the um, first trailer of the Xbox Series X. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a very cool trailer. It had the music to, um, from um, Healing in the background, and they had uh, Senua there, like, lip-syncing it, and it looked very impressive. It's one of the mm-hmm. f- going to be one of the earlier games, games running Unreal Engine 5. And um, they did a gameplay trailer at the game awards. And to mm-hmm. me, this was the big takeaway, the big exciting thing from, from the game awards, um, was the Hellblade two trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it looked gorgeous. I, I unfortunately don't have, you know, like I said, the background knowledge for Hellblade, but yeah, looked absolutely beautiful. Yeah. It's kind of, um, like if it's going to become Xbox's God of war, because there's so many similarities, mm-hmm. even playing through this versus playing through the kind of updated 2018 or whatever God of War, there's similarities there too. So, sure. um, yeah. Well, what else did you see at the Game Awards that uh, you enjoyed? Did you get to watch <laughs> much of it or uh, like see just some things that came from it? Or Yeah, so I just caught some, some clips of it um, and, and saw, of course, the winner's list that came from it. So what I was so what I was saying that shocked the heck out of me um, is player's choice was Halo Infinite. Mm. And I just was sort of like, really? Like we didn't we didn't have anything else that was like player's choice. I don't know. I feel like Mm. Halo could have taken other things and I wouldn't have been as surprised. But that one just to me was like it was the only one it took. Um, But yeah, I was just a little shocked that that ended up being well, choice basically. I mean, it shows the there was you know pent up demand for Halo, I guess. And yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess um, I felt like there were other things that like didn't surprise me. Like most anticipated game was Elden Ring. Mm-hmm. Like to nobody's surprise, <laughs> like mm-hmm. every time we got on like a showcase, everybody was like, "Where's Elden Ring?" Elden Ring or bust. Like I'm stopping watching if there's no Elden yeah, Ring. So I was right. like, well, yeah, sure. So yep. that was kind of, fu- that was kind of fun. Um, shock and, and not shock. Um, speaking of another shock though, best narrative Marvel's guardians of the galaxy that, yeah. I mean, I know, I know that we've been hearing so many actual good things about it. Mm-hmm. I just remember like that very first trailer we watched for it. And both you and I were just like, this yeah. is trash. Like nobody's excited about this. Like everything looks wrong with it. Like 
maybe some visual cool elements, but like, you know, there's no mm-hmm. story here. And like now to have it be like best narrative is just like, yeah, man, I'm really just going to have to like eat my words and play this game and find out what all the fuss is about. So yeah, it should be like biggest turnaround award or something. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Because it's come so far since that very first crappy trailer. So yeah, yeah, that was I, that was surprising ish, you know. I mean, I, I knew that, you know, reviews had been good for it, but I just didn't, wasn't mm. quite expecting it to win Best Narrative. So I heard a lot of um, a lot of uh, poo-pooing the Game Awards this year around yeah. the internet. I mm-hmm. just of like, I did just a criticism of having so many ads, so mm-hmm. much uh, time just advertising something. Yeah. And it is like, it's called the Game Awards. But everybody really cares about the announcements. Right. So it is in this weird space where, like, I don't know, should it still balance that it consider more that it is an award show and focus on that a little more? Because they just have things left and right where they just like, oh, by the way, this won that. Oh, and this Mm -hmm. won this thing, you know, announce things in the pre-show and all these things. And it's like, yeah, not really about the awards anymore. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, you don't need to make it the freaking Oscars or anything, but like, you know, maybe, maybe take a couple extra beats to announce some winners. Mm-hmm. Um, I know everybody, of course, was um, talking about the big moment where the creator of It Takes Two took the microphone um, from Jeff Keighley and was like, even though that like wasn't supposed to happen and like they, they, they were talking about the way that the game awards were designed was to like hustle everything along. And, you know, we don't want like, um, kind of like these big lingering speeches or anything. And he was just like, too bad. I'm taking the microphone. (laughs) I'm going to have a lingering speech. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Which, you know what? Like, why not? You know, Mm. you won game of the year. I think it takes two, won a couple of other things as well. Um, so yeah, why not? Especially if like, you know, you feel like you're being hustled through it. So mm-hmm. take some time. Like people, people deserve to have like a little moment and, you know, deserve to feel that like fun anticipation of like, who's it going to be? You know, mm-hmm. again, we yeah. don't need to take forever, but take a moment. You could reduce the, the categories just like, I don't know what else you call yeah. it. There's, there's but, a lot going on here. Yeah. Like, like it's best supposed community to be a, support. <laughs> I right. mean, you know, I don't want to like, you know, dump on Final Fantasy fans who, you know, made this happen, I guess. But I don't know. Does that, is that an award really? Yeah. Well, in the same I'm going like, to have a bunch of Final Fantasy people just game. like on me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the same as most anticipated like that's not a thing really that's not well and an like accomplishment really right and also like was it a surprise to anyone do you right. know what i mean like there just should be mm-hmm. categories where you're like cool it's cool we already know we already yeah. know everybody wants elden ring like thanks everybody. i mean it's it's set up as a celebration of video games and so i understand that well then know, maybe call um, it that right celebration and of video games that's that's then you're not like awarding right so you could do a few awards Otherwise, you do yeah. a few, maybe a few interviews, and then you focus on reveals of new games mm-hmm. and um, and then um, like some musical performances, yeah. you know? I don't know. 
Yeah, or like uh, go through some like, you know, for this whole best community support, like maybe do something cool or where you like reach out to fans and put together like a little celebration. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, sure. I don't know that it needs to be an award, but you could just do something cool with it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, um, I still enjoy it. Still think it's mm-hmm. fun to see. Um, it's, it is an interesting list if you compare it to other years, uh, the winners. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't play a lot of these games, so I guess I'm missing mm-hmm. out. But I'm not going to uh, lie. Uh, the, the one that, I mean, I've heard of almost all of these except for Near Replicant. That oh, was the yeah. one that caught my eye for score and music. I mm-hmm. don't know what that's about. It's a cool name. Beautiful music for those, yeah. So, I have um, Near Automata downloaded that I might play. This is a Near Replicant. This one is a like a remake of okay. uh, or like a up-res version, whatever, of an older game. Okay. And takes place before Near Automata that's on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, long-running series. So, okay, very Japanese. Well, I'm interested in that, so we'll see if I if I am able to check it out. Yeah, in all of my well, non-Witcher time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any other big like snubs or shocks or that seems right? Um, nothing that that caught me too off guard. I don't think. Um, even though I know we we talked about this before, I was sort of resigned to best performance. Of Maggie yeah. Robertson as Lady Dimitrask. Yeah. We've talked about that before, but I was like, all right, fine. Have your moment. Yep. Yep. All right. Um, well, the Game Awards was filled with other reveals of mm-hmm. different things. They announced and dropped the uh, Matrix Unreal Engine 5 experience. Mm-hmm. Um, that's free on next-gen consoles. They had a like just a cinematic announcement of the Wonder Woman game. Mm-hmm. New Sonic open world kind of 3D game. Um, Alan Wake 2, which I'm excited about, and the new Alex Star Wars cool. game by Quantic mm-hmm. Dream. So um, we can probably expect the kind of like story driven beyond two humans kind of um, narrative kind of game for the Star mm-hmm. Wars game. So, yeah. Did you like, did you get to try the Matrix? experience or watch anyone try it or see <laughs> these, these trailers that really stood out to you um yeah i mean i watched each of them um wonder wonder woman was hard to, to get into of course because there was just nothing yeah t- to really see there um did not get to try out the matrix yet alan wake 2 actually was probably one of my favorite trailers just because there was actually something there that looked interesting okay. um and then i i watched horizon forbidden west um nothing new there but just looking good okay yeah well new creatures new yeah that's true machines. that's true yeah yeah but um, i just i thought of i thought of you yeah of course because yep. you're anticipating much as I did with our with our next topic, I thought of you. You're on my mind this week. Um, <laughs> yeah, yep. Um, <laughs> well, 
for those that didn't know, today is a celebratory day. Um, um, not only, not only uh, are there, yeah, yeah, cheers. <laughs> yep. Not only are there a lot of things coming out today. We've got yes, true. New Spider-Man, New Witcher. Mm -hmm. We've got the Grand Tour, French Special, mm -hmm. um, Nightmare Alley. Like it's so it's a for that. busy day in mm -hmm. terms of releases. But in terms of what's not going to be released anymore, <laughs> Andrea, share the great news. Oh, I will. I will. Uh, yeah. So Netflix officially announced that Cowboy Bebop, after its grand one season experiment, is canceled. It is no more. Uh, it received very lukewarm reception, um, even after all of the hyping that Netflix, you know, did put put into it, uh, the money they spent. It's done. The grand experiment is done. And, uh, you know, kind of looking at a lot of reviews online, um, everybody kind of generally agreed that it failed uh, because the, the series brought nothing new to, you know, the original um, and any twists that they did put on it, people didn't really seem to enjoy. So, yep, Bebop is no more. So, John, you can celebrate. You'll never have to see this again, <laughs> you know. You'll never, you'll never see it destroyed again. Mm -hmm. Although I, um, I guess I shouldn't yeah, promise about other series, but, yeah, right. but now with these people, not at this time. Yeah. And I, I would think that any, any other service would be extremely cautious about ever trying this mm -hmm. again. So <laughs> they won't be, they won't be. <laughs> well, maybe um, with Cowboy Bebop, sure. they'll, they'll probably try something yeah. else for another show, but I doubt Bebop is coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of it's it is sad in a way because um well not the season two thing but the just in general <laughs> because if there was gonna be any great anime that could have been adapted into live action that was gonna be good I feel like Cowboy Bebop is one of the prime candidates. Mm -hmm. It's been talked about for years mm -hmm. about someone doing that and how it could be cool or whatever mm -hmm. and um yeah they they failed they didn't understand or respect the source material i don't think and um they got what they deserved yeah yeah it's 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 such a weird such a weird dynamic like i i just don't know what what was going on in people's heads um because in some ways it was almost too faithful to the source material but in in very just strange ways do you know what i mean like there there is you know, having only watched a few episodes and and probably not going back, um, you know, like the very first episode was almost, a, you know, an entire remake of the first episode of the anime series, but it just not well done somehow. Everything was there, but the show was terrible mm -hmm. in a way that like the anime isn't. Well, think of it like I uh, think of it like if you. um You've never watched an anime before and you first mm -hmm. time you watch it and you're you're a writer and you like to adapt, you know, like you're looking for inspiration, some new work. And so you watch this thing called anime. You see a show <laughs> and someone gets hit on a head and it swells up into a giant lump. And then someone mm -hmm. later, someone's frustrated and this like pulsing, like vein thing comes out of their head. Like and the then X vein. Yeah. yeah. And then someone sees boobs and shoots blood from their nose. <laughs> and so the show that maybe has themes about 
like childhood love and loss of a family member or something. Mm -hmm. Instead of seeing that and understanding the core of the story, they take all these little things, these little stylistic things, these little choices that they use to express themselves in animated form. Like, Mm -hmm. that's really interesting. Let's do that. Let's make that. And so they, they incorporate elements that are beneficial to the anime or the animation expressing itself, mm-hmm. but not to conveying a story in, sure. in real, real space. Sure. Real people. All style, no substance for yeah. sure. Like I, I, you know, there's a very, it's the same as it's why I credit the ghost in the shell live action movie more than other people do, because I mm-hmm. feel like whoever made that at least understood the feeling that sure. that ghost in the shell should emanate. Sure. I've... Yeah. Yeah. I, I am, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of slowly coming around to your point of view and, and losing faith that there can be a good live action adaptation of an anime show okay. and feel, feel free to at me, you know? Um, and if, if there's one out there, you know, I'm happy to try it and see. Um, but everything I've watched so far has let me down and it's, and it's been, good shows like death note mm-hmm. i watched it i d- it just didn't hit the same cowboy bebop obviously didn't um i have been too scared i will admit to try erased mm-hmm. um because i loved it so much and i just don't want that ruined too maybe i don't know maybe that's the one or maybe i'm still just you know chasing fantasies and dreams over here but i think it's because probably the people that really care about the thing they really love it and they connect with it they don't they either one really care and love that thing so they don't want to mess with it mm-hmm. they don't want it you know other than writing their own fan fiction or something that's not official which or canon, yeah you know right or two they're not getting the um they're not getting they're not the ones getting the paycheck and if they are, mm-hmm. they're not getting enough of one to, to bring sure. that vision forward. Because, sure. I, again, I honestly think that the Ghost in the Shell adaptation is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy it. And Alita as well, I enjoyed. You know, Alita is kind of uh, yeah. surprising to me. I, I enjoyed that more than I thought I was going to. Um, but I'm still stuck on the fact that I think it's two movies smashed together. Sure. Stylistically, okay. I think there's two, there's two different styles and they just sort of like cobbled it together and it's very distracting to me. Okay. And the Speed Racer movie. Did that I haven't see, seen that. That one is with Kowski's. Mm-hmm. That one is um they really lean into the absurd and ridiculous. Sure. And but to me, not being a Speed Racer fan, um thought that that was worked well for the show the show is Mm -hmm. you know like really playing that up but maybe there's people that are speed racer fans that really disagree with that so i don't know sure it might might be me on the outside sure well yeah i mean there's there's always the danger when you love something so much that you know like you just don't want to see it screwed up yep yep um all right cruising right along um Mm -hmm. talking about things that uh are 
more anticipated. Um, <laughs> more fantastic. beloved and, and not yeah. want to be seen screwed up. Yeah. Fantastic Beasts, Secrets mm-hmm. of Dumbledore. Dumbledore. Um, mm-hmm. New trailer. First mm-hmm. trailer, as far as I know. Yeah. I saw nothing of this at all until you shared it. I've not heard anyone talk about it. I've not heard, I've not seen it pop up in my feed. Mm-hmm. Uh, just nothing. Silence. And we're dealing with uh, anniversary celebrations and stuff. And we've had that game show on television and all that stuff. Yes. Yes. So. Yeah, I'm kind yeah. of shocked. Um, it, it snuck up on me. Um, friend had actually pointed it out. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess that's out now. I better, you know, mm-hmm. check it out. Um, the trailer definitely left me with a bit of hope for this Fantastic Beast series. Um, I felt like Crimes of Grindelwald was a hot mess. I don't think that's like a hot take at all. Um, I think there's plenty of people out there who just thought like, what happened in this movie? Um, but I'm hoping that the third can kind of maybe course correct a little bit. Um, we've still got, you know, a lot of our beloved main characters with the additions of some new ones. And of course, um, I don't think I'm really spoiling this for anybody, um, but we've got a new face of Grindelwald as well. Mads Mikkelsen is now taking yeah. on the role of that uh, particular wizard. I'm pumped because I think he's got more range of things he can do with it than Johnny Depp did. I feel like Johnny Johnny Depp did some very like caricature e things, mm-hmm. I think. Um granted he didn't have tons of screen time to establish himself. Um but yeah, I'm just I'm just sort of more excited about Mads Mikkelsen's subtleties that he might bring to the character. Okay. Okay. So it's <sighs> now watching the trailer, I really wants to be excited because mm-hmm. I really love Harry Potter. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that even though it's a travesty that they did not cast the original Dumbledore, Richard Harris's son to play mm. young Dumbledore. So agree. So agree. That's with you. Ins- that I mean, I, if I mean, maybe he's a throw- terrible actor. I don't know, but he's not, he's, he's great. Uh, he's, he's in foundation. He's in uh, Sherlock Holmes. Opposite Jude Law as Moriarty. Oh my God, he is. He's in Duh. Oh my God. Oh yeah. my God. Oh wait. Sorry, sorry. I didn't. It's not. Didn't Unfor- Richard Harris is in, in Unforgiven. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. I did not put those pieces together. Woo. Okay, yeah. I take my. I take back my terrible actor comment. He's great. And um, so if they yeah, didn't no, throw piles of money at him to do it, then shame on them. Yeah, I agree. You know. I hope that he just refused to do it, I guess. I would, you know, Mm -hmm. he just didn't want to do it. Okay, that's fine. But, I mean, and I don't have anything against Jude Law. I like Jude Law. Um, Mm -hmm. Just that, to me, is a wasted opportunity to really, like... um, Yeah, agreed. And Mads is probably who they should have had from the beginning. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, Instead of, again, just you're just trying to get this, like, oh, who are two hot guys we can have to be our leads you know like just superstar like as if you needed the name draw to get people to go to a harry potter world thing right you didn't could have cast no name nothings 
and it yep. just were great at this and they would be fine. But this still reminds me it shouldn't be called Fantastic Beasts. It's going to be a thing they have to tack in there the whole time or whatever, try to make yeah. it make sense. Uh, the unnecessary, the like, just we feel like recasting, so we're going to recast. Like, it's one thing to have your actor die, it's another thing to just decide to recast. Um, and I don't know. I just, it's you mean just, for Johnny Depp? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, it wasn't like a, we I just mean, don't he was like in court. You. Yeah, <laughs> but like, did that stop him from filming? I mean, was it a like, will we yeah. put a pause on everything because he's in court or? I I, I don't truly don't know. I mean, I would suspect the answer is no. And they just sort of were shying away because, you know, it's not really great for a movie to have uh, an actor embroiled in, in legal drama, especially anything about spousal abuse, mm -hmm. um, no matter, you know who they find at fault. Of course, there were there were multiple accusations back and forth. So I don't I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole in that sense. Um but yeah, I mean it's hard to imagine that, you know, it wasn't an optics recasting, but I don't know that for certain. Yeah, I mean it's just, it's a lot to do to your franchise and one of your main mm -hmm. people for optics. You know? Like I said and though, I mean Johnny Depp did not have a bunch going on in the second movie so at least there wasn't like hours of screen time that he had spent establishing himself as Grindelwald like it's 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 frustrating and it's annoying and it's as I find any recasting I'm gonna have to like rewire my brain a little bit mm -hmm. um in in this one I think I'm gonna find a little bit easier transition because I like the recast and I haven't seen Johnny Depp a, in a long time, and B, much as Grindelwald. So. Mm -hmm. Alan brings up, like, they recast mm. War Machine, you know, in, in Marvel movies. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, it, but that was one... That was tough but good. It was early on, you know? Um, we, I don't think they understood the scope of the behemoth that they now had or whatever. And you look back when how many films we've had since, and okay, you know, makes sense. This is it's so established as Rhodey now. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, um, but it was, a, it was a tough transition from one to two. Yeah. I mean, Iron Man yeah. was so big. I mean, you, when you think about it, it launched the entire MCU mm -hmm. and everything yeah. hinged on that movie being successful. And it was, and then suddenly they were like, well, surprise. We're just recasting Rhodey yep. for, for number two. And nobody knew why for the longest time. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, you know, I don't know. I mean, yeah, ultimately I'll see it. We'll see what happens. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't have high expectations. Um, but, <laughs> but I did, I really, Maybe that's going to be a good thing. <laughs> it could be. I, I really did enjoy the first one and they just I did too, really, yeah. really the second one. Wow. Yeah. Wow. There was honestly, I mean, as long as we're going to kind of keep on this theme, the second one reminded me a lot also of this latest Star Wars trilogy where characters sort of like suddenly changed motivations and like switched, you know, who they were and like thing events and things seemed to be rewritten and you're just like, okay, like, I don't know what this was for, but sure, like it's happening. So I don't know if like three is going to be like another 
you know, Rise of Skywalker, like, course correct on that. Um, fingers crossed that it's more successful in in whatever, you know, mm-hmm. kind of smoothing over of storylines it tries to do. See, but they shouldn't have to do that because... I agree. Again, this is an author. You're writing this as as a series, which is I, what they should have done with Star Wars, but didn't, clearly. So I right. can't possibly imagine you're doing that with these movies, too. Just shooting from the hip one after the other. It'd be good to know uh, because mm-hmm. I otherwise I'm not really sure how to explain the very glaring like character, you know, and temperament rewrites that seem to be happening in the movie. I think I think Queenie is probably the most egregious. I'm sorry, we're not we're getting into a rabbit yeah, hole and yeah. I'm dragging us yeah. down there. And but we'll, you know what we'll I mean? Like yeah. it's it's just I Two was just awful in a lot of ways, not least of all, you know, character motivations. And I hope three is better. The trailer seems to at least be a stronger story. Yep. Well, right around Alan and uh, your husband and Mai's birthday. So we'll get to find out this April. Indeed. Um, Well, and other things that, um, I guess, another award show. Yeah. Um, did you get to catch this? People's the People's Choice, Choice Awards? Or? I did indeed. Yeah. I was curious as to, uh, to kind of a number of categories that were going on and some of my highlights just because they're things I like or people I like, um, or, you know, they were kind of surprising to me. Uh, Black Widow was chosen as movie of the year. Um, but Shang-Chi beat out Black Widow for action movie of the year. So that was, I don't know. Isn't I always Black feel Widow like an action movie. Yeah, they they decided they are different things. So but Shang Chi beat, I, see, beat out that's Black why Widow. I hate all these categories. It doesn't make. I know any it's, sense. it's it's. I know. So if they're like, both just action say, movies, then Shang Chi no. couldn't win best action movie because when, it's yeah yeah because it's not the best movie then. Yes. No, that's that's uh, always what gets me like. I I saw that and I just sort of expected Black Widow to win. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, you see like Shang-Chi win and you're like, but what? Like, Mm -hmm. how how is that possible? You already chose Black Widow. Mm -hmm. So. um, So that was just funny to me. Um, Dwayne Johnson won both male movie star and comedy movie star of the year for his role in Jungle Cruise, um, which is out on Disney Plus. If you haven't checked it out yet. Um, Something else I loved was that Loki got show of the year and Tom Hiddleston got male TV star of the year. Mm. So kudos over there to an excellent show. And I think, you know, it's well-documented. I love Tom Hiddleston and he did a fantastic job. Um, I just have to check those documents. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Never have I ever won comedy show of the year. I know I've, uh, we haven't talked about it on the podcast, but I've talked about how I've watched it. It's an excellent um, teen comedy slice of life show uh, written by Mindy Kaling. I would highly recommend it. There's two seasons, and shockingly, both are very good. Um, it had an excellent first year, and you know, sometimes shows can drop off in their sophomore year, but this one does not. Still highly recommend it. I, I want to say uh, Kaz in the chat here quick. Brings up. Oh, hey. When was the last time anyone watched a movie because it had a winner of People's Choice Award <laughs> attached to it? I mean, 
I would be a good poll. Never. Yes. It'd be a good poll. Find out if you're, if you're, Boy, this you know, show looks really bad, but people's choice award. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know Maybe. how much, how much stack or weight people put in that. Um, especially when a lot of these shows already have, um, a lot of like critical acclaim or clout behind them. Like squid game to nobody's surprise was like binge worthy show of the year. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's not a shocker. I don't know that anybody's going to squid game because, um, right. you know, it won a people's choice award. Although I do, I mean, maybe, maybe this one, um, I thought this was a bit of surprise out of all the sci-fi and fantasy shows that are out there right now, um, including like Witcher, um, Lucifer, actually took home the people's choice awards you know and i know su- again it's a show yeah. i've plugged and i've loved um it just kind of wrapped up its sixth and final season on netflix but it really flew under the radar i think for a lot of people see you so, see that because i think that too but netflix is still the biggest streaming service like it, it just is. is it's the thing and in the lucifer is consistently or often in the top charts Mm-hmm. It's in the top 10. So like, yeah, maybe it's not discussed as much, but people are watching it. Yeah. Yeah. I just think like, I don't know. Out of out of the shows that were nominated, um, I expected some with like more word of mouth buzz, like Castlevania um, or The Witcher. Like I know Castlevania is not exactly like a perfect fit, but mm-hmm. people's people's choice categories um, are pretty nebulous and pretty like generous in their like application of sure. what's in a category. So, you know, I just sort of expected other things to get it and was surprised when Lucifer did and, and happy for the show. Well, I think a lot of things too, it, it is going to depend on timing as well. You know, mm-hmm. Lucifer wrapped up not as long ago as Witcher, mm-hmm. you know, True. and so something that people have been maybe watching and enjoying more recently. So True. Yeah, I mean... Especially with the People's Choice Awards, that's a point well taken because critics often, you know, like for for other award shows have like, okay, this is my set time period of things. I have to watch them to like in order to make a choice. People's Choice is a little more like freewheeling. Like, yeah, it's whatever you've been watching at the time that you're probably going to put down. It's like Loki's show of the year. Is it really... (laughs) <laughs> all the television we had this year. I mean, I enjoyed Loki. Out of the out of the, the choices, show I of think, the year. I can't remember what the other choices were along with it, but I wasn't like super mad that I thought another show was being snubbed. But let me let me go okay. back and take a look and see if I still think that's true. Yeah. Um. Oh my god. Grey's Anatomy won like several awards and I just sort of like was like it's, please that's still go. on please that's still I know thing. please go <laughs> like um yeah The Bachelor was on there Saturday Night Live Law and Order SVU This Is Us which I know Chris loves and I can't it's like too much emotion for me um WandaVision which I personally probably would have voted for because I loved it so much and then Cobra Kai was the other choice another good okay. show so yeah, so out of the shows that it was in company with, I mean, yeah, I don't know sure. how they, I don't know how they like, yeah, how they nominate people's choice categories. How to? Mm-hmm. It, I don't even remember if it's like people's nominations or if there's like, you know, I right. don't know, a, a number of like sets them. 
Are they right, like ticket sales or yeah. I that mean, ticket sales for movies, obviously. By, yeah. And then streaming the hours or yeah, mm -hmm. something for for TV shows. Yep. Okay, well, Kaz in the chat also <laughs> says people's choice feels like who wants to give me the most McDonald's money? Oh, I love that. I mean, yeah. I want McDonald's money. You know, <laughs> actually, I have to say that the last few times I've been to McDonald's, I've just been disappointed. Really? Yeah. What have I you mean, been ordering? Well, I just, you know, I usually get like the quarter pounder with cheese. Okay. Royale with cheese. Um, <laughs> and that's, uh, that's a good little movie shout out for you. Yeah. But and it's 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 a good burger. It honestly is. I just I don't know. I'm just tired of it. Tired of it. Something else. I uh, I jumped on the spicy chicken sandwich bandwagon okay. and I tried that at McDonald's and was hugely disappointed. Um, okay. I think mostly because they only gave me like a quarter size dollop of their sauce. And I was like, mm, no, I'm probably going to need more than that. Thanks. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm willing, I'm willing to do a redo, but I was vastly disappointed. Yeah, it's 3,200. You don't go to McDonald's to feel good about yourself, sir. Well, I definitely don't, <laughs> I don't not feel good about myself. I'm not like, oh man, now, now I feel bad. Um, it's just that not satisfied. That's mm. all. Like I'm not yeah. happy That's with fair. my with my meal. I'm not happy with my meal anymore. My happy. Oh, meal. but I'm. Yeah. So, it's okay. I'll take a break. Few years on, I'll come back to McDonald's mm -hmm. and I'll have a newfound appreciation. I'm sure. There you go. There you go. So. All right. Um, Fast food of the television world, fast food of the fast food world. We're going to talk how we feel Wheel of Time is. Is this yes. gourmet? Is this fast food? Where, is it, where does it sit on the spectrum? So we're going to get uh, all spoilery about Wheel of Time from Amazon. Mm -hmm. we're, we already talked the other week about episodes one through three. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be talking potentially still about those some, but mm -hmm. uh, also about four through six. Mm -hmm. um kaz 3200 yes spoilery thanks for uh thanks for jumping in much appreciated um, thank you wheel time mm -hmm. episode four mm -hmm. do you said I you have it. lots of thoughts i do i do have lots of thoughts um yeah i mean we're we're getting into some good meaty storylines in uh four through six um of course, episode four is starts out with a character who will be present um, for much of these these middle three episodes, uh, but also for the series. Um, and it's the false dragon, Loghain Ablar. And I just have to shout out the actor. Um, I cannot remember his name, but he is he is fabulous. He's doing so good in these three episodes in particular. Um, that I, I just really loved that he's made Loghain's character. I think we realize he's an antagonist, but he's also like a sympathetic antagonist. Um, you know, yeah, he kind I'm of not, start, yeah. he starts off like right away, like conquering. He's, you know, bringing his army. Um, and you know, he's 
proclaiming himself the Dragon Reborn, and he has this really, you know, kind of pivotal moment where he could slay the King of Gildan, and he doesn't. Like, all of these whispers, all these shadow figures, which, again, was like, I loved the cool bit of cinematography here. Um, and he he shows mercy, so we kind of sort of are, like, lulled into thinking, well, you know, is he really all that bad? Are men yeah. automatically really tainted by using the one power? Like, He's, mm-hmm. you know, clearly able to still, um, you know, make make human decisions and, and show mercy. But no matter to the Aes Sedai, especially those of the Red Aja, they they capture him and they're bringing him um, at the beginning of the episode to the White Tower to sit in judgment before the Amarillin seat, as is their very ingrained tradition. Um, so when... Leandrin brings up like we should just you know cut him off and no trial and no you know judgment um that's pretty actually very radical of her to be doing um and I think that's established much more so in the books but but a little bit here as you can see from the other characters reactions okay yeah I definitely didn't um didn't know what to think about this I always like Mm -hmm. a story where it's not what it seems so i was mm-hmm. ready to to go along with okay you know as i i comment later no one seems particularly happy about whatever authorities are in place in this world mm-hmm. yeah. um you know you got the, the white cloaks that seem to have some sort of control that they definitely um want to enforce and then you definitely have those of the the White Tower, the Aes Sedai as well, that mm-hmm. have uh, an authority. And no one seems particularly like trusting or anything of either of these groups. So mm-hmm. I'm like, well, is this person a um, just purely a conqueror or is he revolutionary? I don't know um, mm-hmm. what the deal is. So, but yeah, I think he's done a done a good job for sure, and I was very interested in the character. Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree. Um, I still have some issue with, I still don't love the special effects. I still yeah. haven't grown to love them. Um, but there's I, enough. Yeah. I love them at times. At times it works really well. And at times it doesn't. Um, because a lot of, a lot of the books talk about weaving. Um, and that's how sure. so many, um, women approach using the one power is they do what's called weaves and that's you know kind of how they they work the the one power into doing what they want so there's a sense of well yeah i mean if if you're doing something like weaving it makes sense to have the one power look like a thread in a weave but it's sort of weird like there's there's a point of like What's your source? You can't ever show like the true source of power because what would that look like? So these like threads seem to come from nowhere and they stretch back like off screen, but it looks very strange, hmm. you know? Yeah, I, I just see a meme of Nini leaks like kind of doing this and there's just <laughs> weaves around her like floating and coming and going. That's what I see. Uh, She's weaving. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a tricky thing to bring to life. Um, like I said, I think sometimes they're successful and sometimes they're just like, 
I don't know what else to do. This is good. We're going to get. So here it comes. (laughs) There was a moment um, in one of the later episodes where uh, I forget which one it was now. Um, That was a really cool moment. I think it was probably episode five where. Which one was that? um, Moraine is taking the like taint out of Matt. Yeah. Yeah. The dagger. Yeah. Blackness Mm -hmm. is like on her mouth. That looked cool. Yes. I completely agree. So, yeah. Yeah. I think in that one, they didn't have this sort of like silly notion that you needed to have her weaving come from a source. I'm particularly thinking of, and we're already in spoilers. So, um, the end of episode four, where Loghain is gentled, um, and they mm. have that sort of like river effect flowing through each mm. of the Aes Sedai and then flowing to Leandrin, which I think works. But then, like, they have each Aes Sedai um, having a thread of power flow into her and it just like co- seems to come from like the mouth of the cave and mm. it's just like on the ground like these little weird like light rivers and it looks very silly. Um, okay. So yeah, that was just like a moment for me. I was like, oh dear, that didn't quite work out the way you wanted it to. Hmm. Um, let's see. Yeah, I forgot all that happened in the in we were in episode, episode four was big. Four, yeah, yeah, a lot it was going very on big. there. Um, yeah. we learned a I lot mean, about we... uh, like warders, and we're introduced yes. to some more of them. Yep. And you get I, to see I, more I like of like the moments. different ajas. You know, we we saw green, we saw red, of course, um, and blue. I don't think we get to see yellow just yet. I think it's red, green, and blue where the the main ones that we got to see there. But of course, you know, a little at a time. And we saw mm-hmm. all, like you said, all of their warders. Um, did you kind of follow the, the warder rules that each Aja has? Well, I mean, I, it definitely was interesting, like figuring out how things were going because <laughs> I wrote in the comments, like how nice they each rep their own color. Like we're just yes. going to have fun and be distinct and we're in different colors. Yes. And then I didn't really realize that like, no, it's like a group. Like we're yep, specifically. It's a thing. So like, okay. Okay. The colors make sense. So, yes. um, order. I mean, it just, uh, it seemed like it was, it's like this, they talk about it being, it's like a marriage. They talk about being such a bond, you know, and you can feel what the other one feels and can go mm-hmm. through it and stuff. But then you have ones that create like they're like polygamous. And so they have yeah. mm-hmm. many, you know, warders. And so that's an mm-hmm. interesting how how that I don't know how that's decided or how you decide you need to have more or one yeah. or why that's why it's necessary to begin with or anything like that. Like, yeah, yeah. Fun. So so reds, I think, are the easiest to understand. Um, they have none. They they're they're not complete man haters but their their whole thing is um women you know since 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 the dark one tainted satan it's never going away so men can't touch the one power and only women so we don't need men for anything like we can do it all um so so they they bond no orders which i don't think is a surprise um green however are kind of the opposite they're like we're getting ready for the last battle. Like we should have as many warriors as we can. We should train ourselves as hard as we can um, so that we're ready to, to join in the last battle. So not only should we have men around us that 
could aid in that battle, but could also protect us as will be very necessary as, you know, women who can work with the one power. Um, so they, they kind of are like, as many men as I want or can get or feel like bonding to, we're, we're good. Um, you know, in, in this, of course, episode, we see Alana as an example of a woman with multiple warders and with a polygamous relationship with those warders, though that's not always necessarily the case. Um, as we see more with, like, Moraine and Lan, they don't have a sexual relationship, even though they're, you know, they're pretty tight. They're, I would say they're probably as platonically close as two people can be. Um, and that's that's pretty typical of Blue Aja. Uh, they usually only have about one warder that they feel like they need to bond. Because um, they're they're more about, like, gaining real world knowledge of events that are happening and they're a lot about like traveling out in the world so they'll they'll bond a warder for protection um as they go on their travels but that's sort of like the the purpose of that okay yeah um okay so i didn't make the connection that other than red that there was different kind of mm -hmm. general practices amongst the different colors um and as we see with uh that Moraine uh, alludes to later to, uh, about uh, the, that one red lady. Um, yeah. It's like, Andrew. oh, maybe it's not. I'm, I'm thinking she's maybe not so man-hating after all. Yeah. Might be in, that, was a uh, good, that was a good moment. Yeah. I, Leandra I deserves I wrote about it, but I was like, oh, boom. Take yep. that. Yeah. She so. deserves some comeuppance. I think we've all been kind of waiting for that to happen. So that was an enjoyable <laughs> moment. Yep. Um, I have to say one like technical note. Mm. I've been commenting. I commented again on like a weird color shift. And yeah. um, I watched episode five and six on my Xbox and did not see any color shift. Mm. So it's almost like if there's any other Apple TV users out there. You let me know if you notice it. Okay. It seems like more of a. That'd be interesting, yeah. Like um, de-encryption or whatever kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Not encryption. Decompression or whatever that's going, that's happening here that's messing things up. But yeah, because I noticed a, a color shift when we finally in episode five reached the city of Tarvalon, but I felt like that was very intentional. You know, we're in the city and things are shifting now. Uh, Tarvalon? Um, the white city, the oh, white that's tower. The, okay, that's the name of it. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I felt like yeah. that was very intentional because it was supposed to be like the most beautiful city on earth right. and like everything is gorgeous and colorful and rich. Um, mm -hmm. So I felt like that was pretty intentional. Sure. Um, let's see, what else we got going on? So that episode was obviously epic and sad, and we get, um, you know, is this is this really the dragon reborn or whatever mm -hmm. and um i started to think like man this did dragon age take a lot of things from this too because there's <laughs> more about then they talk about the like taking away people's powers and that's exactly the same kind of process they do in dragon age where they'll pull mm -hmm. someone's uh like communication with magic away from them sure. and they'd yeah. rather just you know be done then like it's mm -hmm. not so um 
see though so the city we meet uh an ogier yes loyal that's um he seems like a kind of fun character he is he is um there's a whole like kind of side story with him in the books um about going back to his steading where he comes from which is kind of like his homeland um and he he and rand have a whole thing about that i'm not really sure where they're gonna go with that in the show um obviously you know at the end of episode six he's joining our kind of company on their travels through the ways which he does again in the books um but yeah i'm not really sure how how far the show is gonna take that if he's just gonna be kind of a a fun kicky side character if they're actually going to give him like a plot of his sure. own. Sure. You know, um, I mentioned before about a YouTuber or whatever that was really like held off on finishing his books for a long time mm-hmm. and then finally did or whatever. I didn't make the connection that his name is Randall Thor, his like oh. YouTube online name. Cause I yeah. just heard him say his full name in like one of these episodes. I'm like, oh man, yeah, he really is. He like his public facing name for millions of people is mm-hmm. Randolph or 19. So um, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so speaking of, of Rand and, and Matt and the group, they've all come back mm-hmm. to the city. They've all managed to get here. Or I guess two of them haven't at this point. Um, but Wait. how are we feeling now yet about everyone's journey thus far and like how like have you changed your mind on how anyone's portrayed um kind of in this core group or are they still servicing their roles decently enough or yeah i would say so um i mean i i think um one of the things that that the show has done differently from the books is the entire you know dagger sequence with matt um, doesn't really happen this early. Mm. Um, so I think they, they borrowed from later books to make things a little bit more interesting for him. Um, I'm glad they did. So I think he, he really kind of needed a little something to, to happen for his character. And I think it's a great way, um, to hold off Rand and Matt meeting Moraine and the other Aes Sedai, because of course, um, Tom Marilyn is, is very, the, the gleeman, um, that they travel with across uh, along the road um, is very cautious about that because he thinks Matt can channel. And he's like, you know, I've seen this happen to others. I've seen the madness in real time. It's awful. You know, if you can keep him from touching the source, maybe he's got a shot. So that whole storyline, I think, made a lot of sense, gave a, that character a lot of things to do. Um and uh, I think just gave us kind of a good opportunity to get to know him and, and in a way get to know Rand a little bit without him needing to take center stage. Um, he could just be kind of, you know, continue to be concerned friend. And it worked for him. You know, yeah. we, we haven't really delved too deeply into Rand's character, um, which I'm, I'm expecting that we'll do in, in the next few episodes because we kind of got more 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 focus on Matt, more focus on Perrin and Egwene. Um, so I think Rand's turn is coming. Okay. Uh, uh, Rand just reminds me so much of like an Anakin Skywalker, Hayden Christensen kind of thing. <laughs> and so it annoys me. Uh, like 
Right now, he is the one I'm most bored of. Just... Yeah, I um, I think I think these episodes kind of drop some hints that we're gonna have to explore Rand's character a little bit more. Yeah, with uh, Ogier, like talking about his uh, his history and stuff that he yeah, seem to he's an Aielman without knowing he's an Aielman, and that's I mean I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil anything, but um, the story of the Aiel people is going to be very very big okay if if the show kind of you know follows the books sure um something let's see where else do you want to take this what else uh okay uh the pronunciation of land's name is getting worse it is it is oh my god okay so episode four um, I really enjoyed like the, the, the scene around the water fire and Ny- Nynaeve kind of like getting in and being like, you guys are fun. Like your people, like, you know, she's kind of warming up to the Aes Sedai via their warders. Uh, but they're telling a story about Lan and they're like, and that was the end of Lan Mandragorin. And I was like, stop, stop. And then jumping ahead to episode five, um, so to to backstory it, of course, if you've watched the episodes, the end of, of episode four ends with a battle with Loghain's army. Loghain ends up breaking out and killing a sister um, and then leaving her warder to mourn her death, which I thought was a beautiful job by that actor as well. Um, but that actor, uh, or excuse me, that character, Stepin, um, you know, kind of displays for the audience the the strength and um, the depth of the bonds between Aes Sedai and their warders. He he just can't live without um, his Aes Sedai, Kareni, Kareni. Now I'm butchering names. Um, And he ends up taking his own life. And the, the episode five ends with his funeral scene at which, you know, warders and Aes Sedai are gathered. And I don't know if it's like the head warder or just like the oldest warder there, but he can't even say Landman Dragon. He goes Landman Dragon, and I just like I don't know if I think it was just like a, you know, it's just like in the moment we just had to use this take. He just messed it up, <laughs> but of course, like me with my pronunciation issues, I fixated on it, and I was like, oh, well, we can't even say his name anymore. That's oh, why Lana was so upset and distraught. It's like, right. you can't even say my name right. Ah, beat ah, my chest. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so. yeah. I just, I couldn't handle it. You know, after, after so many episodes of mispronunciation, we couldn't even, like, say his name. It was the worst. So, I guess while we're on it, that's kind of one of my bigger thing issues with these these few episodes um, thus far is I really did mm-hmm. like uh, he said his name is Stepan. I did like the way that he portrayed the mm-hmm. loss and like lets us understand the connection. Right. Um, but then when he turns around and takes his own life and it has mm-hmm. his funeral, which is really cool, but Lan overreacts. Yeah. And I'm not saying that that's not what he was directed to do or maybe even mm-hmm. the connection they had, but yep. it's almost taking over. Like you're supposed to be emphasizing the bond between Aes Sedai and Warder. Mm-hmm. And then you have a Warder and a Warder mm-hmm. and we've barely seen them together. Right. We know that they've traveled together. We know they're friends. We know that right. kind of thing, but there are some of the most 
like heartbreaking, terrible separations and losses and things. And you still don't see someone break down that much. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was that was overdone and took me out of the moment. Yes. Because they had not earned that kind of response uh, for us to like to be there with them on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree with you. Um, I thought it, it, it what was more effective about that scene um, was Warren yes. crying. Right. You know, because that's Lan's emotions flowing through their bond to her that she can't hold back. Um, yep. And I just thought that that was far more effective and, and could have just been more quietly understated and poignant in that moment. Yep. I yep. completely agree. So, um, let's see. Um, I asked at one point, mm-hmm. um, I'm like, I'm wondering if everybody is gay in this show, or at least bi, if it's a prerequisite. <laughs> and then later I'm like, so everyone really is gay. Like, this, these people are going to die out. <sighs> so I want to know if there's any sort of lore or something that makes this make sense uh, sure. numbers-wise, because there seems to be a very high percentage of swing either way in yeah. amongst uh, this organization or city or whatever sure sure so um so what i can remember from the book lore um and and i think i'll start with with eyes to die um because in c in well i'll i'll briefly talk and then and then lore so five we get introduced to the white tower and we get introduced to the amaryland seat c1 sanche um Pretty big pivotal moment. Of course, she's kind of, you know, the head of all Aes Sedai, and she kind of brings the hammer down for everything that's been happening on the road and with Loghain. Um, and then we see in a later, here she is, Siwan Sanchez, for those who are are watching, um, we see in a later scene her and Warren sneak off, um, and we find out that they're, in fact, you know, involved, they're lovers, you know, cleared lovers unclear to what extent um the term for this that the books uses is called pillow friends so it's much more subtle in the books um when robert jordan wants to indicate that two eyes that i are romantically involved that's the term that he uses it's called pillow friends um and it's fairly common cartoon saturday morning cartoon Pillow friends. Pillow friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's fairly common in the tower, of course, because there are a lot of women around. Um, but it's it's not, you know, total. It's not every Aes Sedai automatically is gay. Um, as we see, of course, um, with Alana and her two warders, she's very much interested in men and very interested in, in you know, being romantically involved with men. Um, to shift to the warders. It's definitely played up in the TV series that um, her two warders are involved with each other. And, you know, Lan and Steppen make a joke about Alana offering to bond Steppen um, after the death of his Aes Sedai. Um, and, you know, if he takes her up on it, he's going to have to, you know, figure out how to be with men, too. Mm-hmm. Um 
in the books, that's definitely not like an automatic thing that that the warders need to be involved with each other um, or even that they they need to, you know, be involved with our Aes Sedai. Um, with greens, it's more common, but certainly not necessarily a requirement, especially if greens have bonded multiple warders. They could be interested in just one and the others are there again as like deep friendship connections. Um, so I, I think that, I think the show kind that, of feeling kind of, and stuff. You're one of the well, other warders and then you feel yeah, that. So, so that's why ma masking the bond comes into place. And that's, yeah. that's a skill again in the show. It's, it's kind of glossed over because I'm guessing time. Um, but it's actually a thing that I said, I have to learn how to do. And it takes quite a bit of time and effort for them. It, okay. it takes less effort the longer they've been bonded to a warder. Um, but again, we'll see, we'll see if the show follows some of the storylines that I'm thinking they will, we'll get an example of how difficult that actually is for a younger Aes Sedai to do. Okay. See, that'd be good because it kind of bothered me watching it because I was like, well, yeah, yeah, so you tell me you can just like take your ring off. And like head out on the street for a while. Right, peace you know? by. And then, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I thought we, I thought this bond, we just got through seeing that this bond is very important. And right. now you can just like, whoosh, toss it aside for a while. Yep. Um, yeah. No, so. it's actually like incredibly difficult and complex. And they talk about that in the books. Um, of course, I think just for the interest of time here, Moraine just has to be like, I can just do it. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. I mean, coming at this from not not knowing anything about it you know my, yeah. how my perception changes um you know with what what they're giving me up front yeah so. no it's 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 fun to talk to you about it you know having not having that context because of course i'm t i'm taking things for granted in the show because i know about them and i know about the background in the book so it's like yeah that kind of is actually a problem they should probably like address some of these things mm -hmm. i mean you know like i said some of it you just have to roll with yeah yeah. Yep. Um. Oh yeah. You you talked about the drawing of the darkness on the dagger looking cool too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah. I definitely. Uh, I do want to shift to Egwene and Perrin and their yeah. encounter with the white cloaks. Yeah. I mean, they, I mean your they, drink you know, is named after the guy. The stuck pig man. Yeah. Oh my god. Mm. Yeah. He is such a great, like clear cut douchebaggy villain you know yeah. there's just no there's no redeeming qualities um about child valda um and uh i th i think that's on like full display in these couple of episodes where of course he first attacks the tuathan um the peaceful tinkers um and and just because he wants Egwene and perrin you know, no real reason to to have them other than like, hey, I remember you. I just I want you again. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, kind of shames Egwene by stripping her bare. It's very it's very actually like prison like, you know, mm -hmm. stripping her bare, showering her down, making her wear kind of a, a uniform um, and then tying her up for questioning. It's yeah. Yeah, it's pretty brutally inhumane. Um I definitely so I have a I have a whole thing about sounds and that whole like washing her scene just like set me on edge for what was to come, uh, just because it was all like this like scraping horrid yeah. like oh I just like felt it in my skin. 
See, so. it, was, it was really interesting because it was I it, obviously with the it's wrong and the way it's set up is like disturbing. But at the mm-hmm. same time, it's like you are being bathed and you probably haven't bathed in a long time. <laughs> so you're like you're like getting bathed and clearly no it's one's like, it, they're also yeah. no they're not doing like the um you know other things might have them you know they'd show leering looks from people and they would like creep factor up the moments yeah they don't it's a mechanical we're yep. literally scrubbing you down like you're being washed and so i almost wanted a little more explanation there i i put in the comments like okay so they got a thing with cleanliness cleanliness they yeah, really need mm-hmm. to, you know, they do. but then they brought in the dude and like just strapped him to the table. I'm like, okay, well they didn't wash him, you know? So I, I didn't know. Yeah. What, he's, uh, but yeah, it's like, he, I think they're thinking he's more of like a tool. Whereas like to get her to. Yeah. To, yeah. Egwene mm-hmm. is the important one. So like, mm-hmm. let's just set her up. Um, Cause even if they don't leer at her, like she still feels it. Mm-hmm. You can, you can just feel like. The, like the actress is doing a wonderful job portraying her uncomfortability and her yep. just like feeling of their looks, even though, like you said, they didn't really like play up that they leered at her. Yep. Um, what episode did that happen in? Is I that, think that's uh... five. Okay. So those all eight. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that was, so it was good to see them again. It was um, mm-hmm. interesting. I, that they're both showing the abilities there and stuff. Yeah. So I was anxious to see exactly what, um, what was going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. I thought too, she might like do something way more powerful, um, than what happened, but yeah, but it worked it was, out. It worked out. And it was, it was, little bait it was and switch. Cool. yeah, it was kind of cool. And then all the wolves come to rescue. That yep. was fun. Wolf brother Perrin. It's happening. Mm-hmm. So, yep. um, but yeah, it was an yeah. intense, it was a, a set of intense things. And so far, some of my favorite scenes in the series have been involving the, the white coats or white cloaks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think not only was this, you know, again, a great like setup of, you know, we, we as an audience are led to hate the white cloaks and they're, and they're, you know, pretty straight up villains. Um, but a lot of big things happened. I mean, Egwene pur- purposefully touched the, the source. Um, so we know she's really got, got, um, talent and, and can go to the white tower and study there as well. Perrin, of course, like kind of evolves further along, um, with, in his bond with the wolves and what he can do with that. But then also we get the big confession from Perrin, um, Yep. Which I'm hoping means we can move past the fact that he did, you know, he killed his wife. I still find that storyline very unnecessary. So I'm hoping, you know, the fact that he revealed it to Egwene and is, and is kind of relieving himself of that burden. Doesn't make a mark. Yeah, we can, we can move past it and we can move on to other things now for Perrin and his storyline. Okay. Yeah. Um, I thought that was interesting then too, a moment when, um, so Egwene and uh, what's her face? The wisdom. Nynaeve. Ni- that Nynaeve, that's her. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. That they were meeting the head Aes Sedai here. And mm-hmm. um, do you like how my just descriptors are <laughs> just like <laughs> this person, that one? Um, 
and she was saying something about how you like the most power or something. And, um, what's her, what's her face was getting really, she was like really excited. She thought he was talking. Oh, Egwene. Yeah. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. Totally. She did. And then uh, she's yeah, like that was cute. super like, wait, what are you talking yeah. about? So that was a great, um, that was a great, like comedic moment Yeah, in a, in a show that doesn't really have too many. That was great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I yeah. That. No, I completely, I completely agree. Um, it kind of unfolds a little bit that way in the books too. Like Egwene, you know, gets gets a lot of praise for her power um, because she she isn't insignificant. Um, and then people are like, "But Nynaeve, whoo, like most <laughs> yeah. powerful." And Egwene, like I think I think the the point in the books when that's revealed, we're we're sort of seeing the story from her eyes, and she's definitely like, "Hey, oh, mm -hmm. yeah, thought I was cool. Guess yeah. not." Yep. Maybe I shouldn't more. have thrown Rant into the dirt after all. That's right. That's right. Girl, um, you better learn. <laughs> um, I, uh, I also do like, speaking of the wisdom, I like that she's getting, one, she's getting some more character development. Mm -hmm. But two, that she's being put in her place once in a while. I'm Three. still so sick of her. So yep. when the head Aes Sedai is like saying, hey, you know, do what you want. You know, you can choose to like rise to this occasion or not. Like mm -hmm. the wheel doesn't give a shit about what you feel right now. You know, yep. like what you, you know, it's just, this is what you got coming at you. Yes. So make yes. what you will of it. And then um, my favorite part probably yeah. so far was uh, Moraine saying, um, you know, you, you, if you proclaim to take the name wisdom, Maybe you better start using some of it or show mm -hmm. showcasing some. I'm like, yes. Yep. Yes. That was so. a great moment. Yeah, Nynaeve has always been one of my least favorite characters um, in the book series, and it's not shaping up any different in the TV series. So I think that's just, you know, in a, in a weird way, that's a compliment to the actress because she's portraying, you know, book to screen very well. Uh, so, yeah, so I also enjoyed those moments. I loved Moraine's little, like, you know, smackdown um, in that moment. I love the Amarillan seat, you know, being like, yeah, Wheel doesn't care what you want, especially mm -hmm. because um, to me, Nynaeve is one of those characters who always goes around proclaiming, like, nobody tells me what to do. Um, but then she seems to really decide for other characters what they should do, you know, when she's kind mm -hmm. of like, they're listening to the Emerlin seed and Egwene is very interested in what's going on. And she's like, Oh my God, what can we do? And Nynaeve is like, we don't know what, what you're saying. Like Egwene and I are going to go. And it's yeah. like, no, you want to go. Mm -hmm. So you're using the excuse of like, Egwene should go and I should go when really just you want to go. So mm -hmm. I, yeah, you that, know, that's always something that's bothered me is like, she doesn't want people to tell her what to do, but then she's like, I'll tell you what to do though. Yep. I mean, I understand these these people being upset or concerned that um you know, Maureen is not telling them everything that's sure. truthful maybe or is keeping some things. But Which if we I was see her as an audience for sure. Yeah, I would be turning around though and being like, "Look, this is a big city that you can run into trouble quick with mm -hmm. the situation you're in." I'm telling you what I know and can give you and to, to help you out. 
If you don't believe that and you want to hunt around for your own like rundown of the current political landscape here and what's mm-hmm. going to happen, go for it. Like have fun with that because mm-hmm. I understand coming into something and like only getting one person's perspective and being right. like, do I really want to judge everything based on this? Maybe this person's being completely deceitful, but that's all you have right now. So mm-hmm. you may be better just like play it easy find out a little thing, things here and there, and don't mm-hmm. automatically assume that you're going to get the knife in the back or something like that. Like, you just, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, being a little unreasonable here sometimes yeah. with that, I, I, I think. I agree. I mean, you know, like you said, there's, there's I think, nothing wrong with a healthy amount of suspicion um, and skepticism. Um, like you said, you know, they, they've only encountered Moraine you know, she freely admits like everybody's got their own agenda. You know, people want things. She's a person. She wants things like, you know, there's no, there's no harm in discovering if what she wants and what you want don't match up. Um, but she's never like deliberately steered them wrong or done them any harm or led them into a terrible situation. So, you know, until the moment that that happens, I think, like I said, be skeptical, totally fine, you know, get some more information, make your own conclusions, but don't, you know, automatically assume that she's out to harm you and like everything she says you should do the opposite of. Yeah. Because she's really been been quite helpful to the group and I think Nynaeve just sort of like willfully ignores that and that's always been one of my issues. Um, Also, I don't think I'm giving anything away here. Um... You know, I know that part of her her issue with Moraine is that she and Moraine butt heads over Lan. Um, they hint at in season season mm. episode five, of course, that she's fallen for Lan um, because her first display of the of touching the the source um, is to heal him in the cave when Loghain does break free of his cage and attacks them all, and it's a pretty spectacular display. And uh, you know, everybody else takes note. Um, of that the fact that she like freaks out because she thinks she could lose Lan. yeah so i know that that's another source of tension but <laughs> it's not anything maureen can do anything about mm-hmm. you know he's been her warder for a long time and if you've fallen for him like great you know that's that's nice but you know there it's an i was here first situation as long as i don't have to spend more time with you like you guys have yeah. your own whatever because yeah yeah i don't want to deal with you that's for sure yeah yeah um yeah because i was pretty disappointed when matt was clearly in trouble and stuff and she's just like nah you know we're just gonna we'll be fine i'll give you some tea yeah and uh we'll go back to the two rivers and it's like that's pretty irresponsible yeah, that was another situation where, you know, Nynaeve presents, like, this is what's best for Matt is for yeah. us to go back to the two rivers. And it's, and it's really, really what I'm she scared. wants. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm scared. I'm hiding. So I'm I'm pretending that I'm acting in the best interest of somebody else to yep. so that I can have an excuse to do what I want. Yep. So yeah. Um do you think that everyone in the Jedi Council um bought <laughs> the idea that uh Legitimate. that uh the um what's her face the queen is Amber um, Lindsay? 
Amberlyn seat that she is punishing Lorraine or Warlane here with uh, exile. Do you think no. that everybody is like, okay, because yeah. I was like, I wrote in my comments like, okay, so you were gone and I didn't know what you were doing and you mm -hmm. wouldn't tell me that makes me mad. So I shall punish you by sending you away yeah. where I won't know what you're doing. <laughs> And I'll probably yeah. not hear what you're doing. It's like, that's not really, you're kind of just giving her exactly what she wants. Yeah, totally. So. Um, <laughs> and, and I think people know it, but, um, but exile on its face is a very serious punishment sure. for an Aes Sedai. Um, so it fits, even though people know that's what Moraine wants, it's still extremely serious. So on its face, it looks like the Amaryllin Seed is punishing her. Um, and she she is a bit in a way um, because she does say that, you know, you can't come back. Right. And there's there's no wiggle room there. Um, you know, as we see with her swearing that oath, um, yeah. like there's literal binding that goes into it. So she can't break it unless she wants to go insane. Mm -hmm. But she needs to so, like, yeah. still serve the seat, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But she just can never see. And of course, she it's, can it's step a punishment in the city, right? Yep. It's a punishment not only for her, but of course, for her and Siwan Sanche because they love each other. Um, yeah. They're basically like out loud realizing we're probably never going to be together again. Yeah. So, like, did that have to be the punishment? You know, um, couldn't it be it, like, could they work out did. like. It did? It did. Yeah. Yeah, because it's the, it's the only way to, to get Moraine the freedom she needs to go with the group while also appearing to punish her. Yeah. You know? And Because otherwise, um, otherwise, you know, I mean, what, what was she going to do? Like, there's, there's physical know. punishments that they can do. Spankings. Um, that's actually, that's actually um, a real legit thing. They call it birching. And it's public, okay. publicly uh, birch whipping a sister. Um, is kind of one of the one of the again more shameful things that can happen, um, but yeah, no exile. Uh, like I said, achieves their ends um, yep. in setting Moraine free, but then also appearing to punish her. Hmm. Yeah, I'm assuming they'll explain better later mm -hmm. why politically it's so uh, wrong to be upfront in any manner or suggest that you are looking for the dragon reborn and dealing with this at all. Well, yeah. So, so part of, part of what the show loses in telling us that the dragon reborn can be a female is it wouldn't be so bad if you were looking for the dragon reborn because like the rest of the tower is okay with females channeling when it's only a male that's the part that's the problem because the reds are so like any male touching the one power is wrong. And mm -hmm. sort of generally the rest of the eyes said, I agree because, um, you know, men touching, touching the source do go mad. So it's really not like a thing you want to be doing looking for the dragon reborn because mm -hmm. if you're wrong about it, you're unleashing a male who can channel on the world and who could be, you know, capable of, great acts of destruction sure so it's it's kind of a bigger deal to be out looking for the dragon reborn when you know he can only be male okay it's okay. not so much to me if the dragon can be female 
Yeah. So is that settled? I mean, I mean, it would still be bad if you were factoring in like, okay, it might be a male and then you're going to mess around with that. Right. Right. It just, I I think loses some of its, its punch. Um, when you say like, you know, well, what if the dragon is female and then there's still the chance that the dragon could be breaking the world instead of remaking it. Um, but it's less risky because everybody thinks it's okay for women to channel. I like that, you know, kind of moment where they're talking about the prophecy and stuff or whatever. And it's like, you know, this is very old. It's been rewritten and retold Mm -hmm. many, many times by many, many different people. Like, we don't know what it, we don't know what this is going to be, you know? So if that kind of thing was, uh, like agreed upon more then it could all relax. And I, I mean, obviously there's a, a, a fearfulness to that too. Like the unknown, like it could be anything, but mm-hmm. then at the same time, it's like, well, we're just looking for knowledge here and to figure out what's going on. Cause we don't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, there's some conflict here, of course, because Moraine and Siwan are, two sisters who were present at a foretelling by another sister that the dragon reborn was indeed born at that moment. So they sort of are like part of the secret club that has knowledge that, Hey, dragons being born right about now. So we know how old the dragon should be. Um, but then they sort of like undercut themselves and they're like, God, what if it wasn't real? You know? Right. Um, which I, I sort of wish the show would have used like maybe a flashback at this point to like underscore, mm. You know, and maybe they'll do it at some point. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, Because in the books, the sister that foretells like the dragon is being reborn at this moment immediately collapses and dies. Mm. And it's like a, it's, you know, kind of gives a little bit more weight to the fact that she's like experiencing that the dragon is being reborn. Yep. Okay. Hmm. Well, there's a lot that happened in these episodes. I feel like we, I'm like, you know, I was thinking, well, we should tackle the the latest episode too or whatever that just came out. <laughs> but it is a lot already. And I, I feel it like is. hopefully we're not um, skipping over too much for people or we're missing out on talking about something that um, that uh, they really want to hear about. Like, why yeah, are you talking um, about this person? I think, I think just to close out, you know, if we're wrapping up our discussion Episode six leaves us on a pretty big moment again. Um, you know, Moraine's newly exiled from the tower. Every She meets up with everybody. Everybody's reunited at this point. You know, all of our original four, mm-hmm. you know, super friends um, and Nynaeve and Lan and the Ogier Loyal, who's on screen right now. Um, they're all going to be undertaking a journey a very dangerous journey through the ways, um, which are, you know, sort of supernatural traveling paths that can get you from A to B much more quickly um, than traveling in the real world, but they're also more fraught with danger. So we're we're stepping into this this journey with everybody. And the ways close without Matt being inside. Yeah. I mean, this is a pretty big separation here. I mean, you know, yeah. we've had our, our four be split up before, but they each had a pair and they all had a goal. You know, they all knew where they were going. That has nothing. 
He's stuck in a field, left behind. I mean, pretty much seemingly by his own choice, but he has no idea where everybody else is going. So it's not like yep. he could meet up with them if he wanted to. Unless you're wis the wisdom, you just track them. Just yeah. <laughs> this might be a little bit harder. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I just, um, so I'm, I'm sort of really interested to see where they're taking that piece, you know, and I have a couple of theories about who might be coming back and who might be helping Matt um, and what okay. he might be doing next. But but I think it's a good cliffhanger for the show. So what you're saying is that the Fellowship is united <laughs> to travel across the Mines of Moria. I know. Did, the, did you love my comment? One. I did see it's the very Mines of Moria up yeah. in there. <laughs> mm -hmm. And the one might be, might corrupt you. Yeah. Like touching it might corrupt you. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've already, we've already got corruptive, you know, daggers and whatnot, you know, yeah. why, why not have some rings in here too? Poor choice. Um, by I, do, I think probably. Yeah, I, I think so too, but we'll, we'll see what the show's yeah. going to do with it. Um, mm -hmm. And also for a shout out to fellow book nerds, um, there was a brief, brief, brief cameo of a very important character. Um, Padden mm. Fane was back. And if you'll remember him, he was the um the traveling uh, um oh my gosh, I can't think of I'm oh, I'm only thinking of Tinker right now. Um but in the very first episode, um Oh the, yeah. Did, yeah, the the merchant. Merchant, thank you. Oh my gosh. I just yeah, like could not get my head him. around that word. Yeah, he yep. was in the city. Yeah, I thought, yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's got he's got quite a part to play again if they're they're sticking to anything from the books. So I was I was happy to see him. I know a lot of people um have been commenting like where's Pat and Fane? And there mm -hmm. he was. You know, is I um one thing I really liked about some of these episodes is the the shots of the city. I'm like, mm. this is what I'm picturing for my one city in my own campaign. Like oh, this cool. okay. kind of scale and this sort of like shape and just the hustle and bustle and just the, the general, like that's very, it gave me a good image, you know, good image nice. to, to use some new descriptors and stuff because I just saw this. I'm like, that is a lot of what I was going for. That's great. Sure. That's, you know, so I, I, I bought the vision of the city very quickly. I did too. So. Um, like I said, I thought I, everything was well put together for this set. Um, you know, like I said, everything was very clean. The colors were very rich. Everything was on a, on a grander, warmer, um, scale. But again, I think that was the whole point of the city. So everything felt like, yeah, sure. This people would clean it up and, mm -hmm. you know, there'd be markets everywhere and people dressed richly because this is, you know, that part of the city, whether there's another part, you know, yep. TBD. All right, so um, there we have it. That's um, Wheel of Time, episodes four through six. Now streaming on Amazon Prime. Episode mm -hmm. seven is currently available. Indeed. Um, so everybody watch that now. We'll be uh, talking about episodes seven and eight for the finale wrap up and stuff um, in a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. So we got time to watch them and let it sink in and send us your thoughts, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And uh, next week we'll be covering Hawkeye. 
So yes. the back and forth persists. Um, anyways, that'll about do it. You should follow us here on Twitch and Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, all that kind of thing. Please leave comments and share and like. Podcast directories. Take your favorite podcast directory of choice and um, leave us a review, please. We are going to be doing now. Um, I had signed up for a while. Looks like we were selected or were able to do it now or whatever for a video being available on Spotify. Excellent. So um, going to try to do that, do that this week and do that going forward. So let me know what you think of that. Um, Killing the Flower, they are responsible for our theme song. So you should give them a follow on Instagram, YouTube, or um, Spotify. Download their tracks, take a listen. We thank them very much. And that'll about do it from us. Andrea, thanks again for joining me. We'll see you ready <laughs> next week. As always, your faithful co-host. Cheers, everybody.